It's good to the last drop. A second cup of the morning blend with David and Brenda. All right. Monday mornings is always a need for a second cup, I think, for sure. Uh, But today, it's a very special day, a feast day of sorts. Now, it's a little bit moved around here. Today, we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, typically, January 6th is Epiphany, and then the Sunday would be the baptism of the Lord. But then uh, Epiphany was shifted in the United States to the Sunday, and then that makes today, January 9th, the baptism of the Lord. All right. So we're going to spend a little time today talking about uh, baptism. Yeah, I don't remember mine. Do you, I don't remember mine either, but if I think hard enough, I remember each one of my kids, and yes. and, and each one of them went a little bit differently. Uh, our daughter was, we were still in California where she was baptized, uh, and then uh, our two daughters after her at St. Joe's, where we've been there for a long time. And then our son, Christian, Scott was in Deacon Formation. So we took him, the whole family, up to the Palisades, which is the retreat center for the Archdiocese of Seattle. Yeah. Stripped him down, dunked him in the water, and made him clean there again. There you go. And then we put him in a dress, as he loves to recall, and just mortified that we would... <laughs> Do such a thing to him. This poor little boy uh, had a christening gown, a family gown. Yeah. So uh, so I've been reading a lot at Alatea.org. They've got one of their contributors. His name is Philip Kozlowski. Mm-hmm. He's been writing incredible articles, history, scripture history on different subjects over the years. And you often hear them on the morning blend. Yeah. This one was fantastic, though, because what he did is he looked at baptism within the church. And used an old reference, actually. It's an ancient text called the Apostolic Tradition. And it's commonly attributed, he said, to uh, Hippolytus, Hmm. Hippolytus of Rome. How would you like that for a name? And explained how the rite of baptism was supposed to be. So I thought we'd go through the rites of what this Apostolic Tradition said and see how it compares to what we're doing today in the church. So first of all, there are some smaller parts of the baptism that were included. Mm-hmm. The first one, exorcism. Really? They used to have an exorcism, but David, that's still a practice and available through the baptism rite. He says baptism was and still is in the Catholic Church preceded by several minor exorcism where the priest or bishop prayed prayers over the catechumen about to be baptized freeing them from any attachment to sin. I mean, that's basically what an exorcism is, is a freeing of. And it seems like, if I recall rightly, when they did that with one of our kids, had that full exorcism right at their baptism, there was crosses all over, Mm -hmm. forehead, ears, maybe chest and back, uh, and that's all part of it. Right. Yeah. This one, yeah, not so much we're doing anymore. How about an all-night vigil oh, yeah. to get ready for baptism? He says, according to the apostolic tradition, it says, they shall spend all that night in vigil, listening to reading and instructions. It says baptism was a major life change for these early converts, and the church wanted to ensure that they were well prepared. So the night before your baptism, and we think about the early church with so many converts coming into the faith, we're talking about more adults were being right. formed uh, at that point. Stay up all night, read, 
receive your final mm-hmm. teaching before you're baptized. So I wonder if that was just for adults being baptized or if they did that for infants. I would well. imagine so, obviously. Yeah. But I think they may have kept them, you know, at a younger age, mm-hmm. made them stay up and say, yeah, let's do this uh, late vigil. Right. All right. The next thing they were required was a profession of faith and renouncement of sin. Mm-hmm. Still present in yeah. the church. Well, isn't it during Easter? We always do the uh, absolutely the sprinkling rite. Yeah. Right. And, and that's all part of that. It's that remembrance of baptism. Mm-hmm. Now, it says before baptism could be administered, the catechumens had to profess their faith in front of the priest, bishop, and renounce their former way of life. The Catholic Encyclopedia explains how this renunciation and profession was practice though here's the interesting thing it says the catechumen standing with his face to the west which symbolized the abode of darkness and stretching out his hand or sometimes spitting out in defiance and abhorrence of the devil and it was also customary for the after this for the candidate for baptism to make an explicit promise of obedience to Christ. Hmm. It's really kind of interesting yeah. how they did this. So you have to face West because we know that, well, Christ comes from the East. Yeah. So they say, all right, then there was an anointing with oil. And that of course is still happening within that. our church today. Those to be baptized were anointed with oil before and after the baptism. The first oil was the oil of exorcism and the second oil after baptism symbolized their anointing into the threefold mission as priest prophet, and king. Now, the current formula for anointing the newly baptized explains the symbolism. And it says, as Christ was anointed priest, prophet, and king, so may you live always as a member of this body, sharing everlasting life. Uh, I've said this before, when one of my kids was anointed, this priest, uh, got him oily. I mean, really anointed this little boy. And it was the perfumed oil. Yeah. And I could smell that on my blouse where it had rubbed off for such a long time. I think it went through the wash a couple of times and I could still wow. smell the, the anointing oil. So it was beautiful. And then lastly, the apostolic tradition explains how those to be baptized must remove their clothing, go into water mm-hmm. to be baptized. And scholars debate whether uh, how naked they were going into <laughs> yes. this. Uh, And then what happens, though, is immediately after baptism, the newly baptized would put on a white garment, just like the white gown that a a newborn wears. Sure, It's beautiful. And in fact, the rite of baptism says you have become a new creation. You have clothed yourself in Christ. So beautiful day to uh, think about baptism. Maybe get out some pictures of your children's baptism and, and remind them what it's like on that day. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup.